All right, boys. Recording in three, two, one. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Medheads Podcast. <laughs> we got a really nice episode for you guys. We're going to be talking about pre-med prereqs, the majors, clinical hours, volunteering, research, all that good stuff. Noah hit us off with, uh, what do these kids need to get in to all medical right, school? So if you're part of the group that includes these kids, as Ninos mentioned, you're going to need one year of biology, one year of general chemistry, one year of organic chemistry. Fun. One year of physics, super fun, Ooh. and uh, one year of calc. You also need extra fun, super <laughs> duper fun. I love calc. Uh, you also mm. need psychology and sociology, which is actually kind yeah, of actually really fun. fun. Yeah, and uh, but in terms of the rest of the classes, not all of them are necessarily required. For example, biochem is required for some schools, but you're probably better off doing them just to cover your bases and apply to as many schools as possible. Then you have physio, physiology, anatomy, and genetics. Those are all optional, but again, we've chosen to do those classes just so we can apply to as many schools as possible. And of course, you're going to have to finish your GEs to get your degree. Um, for yeah, just like we're transferring yeah. in general. And uh, you also need your honors classes as well. I think, uh, Prem, you want to add something? Yeah, um, something that I was uh, going over with my research is some schools don't necessarily require calc, some do, and some schools actually will take either or statistics, one year of statistics instead of calc, Yeah. but in terms of what we did to apply to the most schools as possible, we did both statistics and calc so we could apply to a range of schools when we yeah. get to it. I mean, for, I noticed like, as we mentioned before, when you use assist.org, it even says stuff like do calc 3 for some schools, but honestly, I never did calc 3. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 don't, I, I, don't, do I don't think I, I don't I don't think I even have to. But no, usually um, what's recommended calc one and two, and then uh, on top of that you take like a stats course. Yeah, you'll be in good shape for that. Op- optimize <clears throat> your schedule. Like you, some of these classes, they're going to be required for your majors, and we'll talk about this more later on. But like just for us, um, as an anthro major, we needed calc one and two, mm-hmm. and we also yeah. needed statistics. So. Yeah. It's like kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, I mean, most of med school's, uh, med school's requirements, I mean, especially if you're in like a, a doing a science major, it overlaps with the, the prereqs for med school, overlaps with what you're going to do anyways. So you just want to plan it out just a little bit. It's not too hard. But generally, as Nora had mentioned, whenever they say recommended, it means just do it. You know, just be safe and do it. Yeah, there's some things like, uh, for example, biochem, you absolutely, in my opinion, you should do it. And I don't think it's even that bad. But um, stuff like genetics, anatomy, um, I mean, if it's in your schedule, like for me, genetics personally, it was in my it, it, part of my curriculum for bio at UCI, but uh, anatomy isn't. If you have the time to do it, go for it. If not, I, mean, I wouldn't worry too much about it, but definitely, if you can, do it. And already be thinking about these classes to how you want to fit it in your schedule because you don't want to be in your last quarter and looking at like schools you want to apply to and, oh, I need biochem for john hopkins and i didn't even do it like you don't want to be in that situation so plan that out when you're already getting early on in your admissions yeah i think uh, my brother actually messed up with that he realized that a lot of the recommended courses for um his dental his dental pre-dental coursework were that were recommended were actually required in some of the schools he applied to and later on he realized that he got automatically rejected at those schools unfortunately and so, like, you see, like, on 
AAMC, like they'll say one year of math. That's the like unspecific requirement. Even though we say one year of calc, like they have one year of math, one year of general bio, so on, so on. We just recommend you should just do one year of calc and get do your statistics courses so yeah. you can just apply to a broad range. Yeah. Hey, Prem, what is a AMC, by the way? <laughs> Dude, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but they're the they're the medical association for um, med school applicants. They basically and what kind of resources do you find on the on that website? So you can they have the most they have the most generalized resources for MCAT studying. They have a huge bundle that we're all going to purchase because we haven't taken the MCAT yet. But what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's pretty the, sure you guys it's all the know the test what you take to become a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're the association that. Um, makes this whole med school thing possible and like the resources you get yeah. through their bundles you get those practice exams they provide all the statistics on med school matriculants like they're like the leading like association basically yeah. and i don't know if we made it clear but like every med school will have different requirements so you want to be looking at which med school you want to go to early on and like see what requirements you will need because one school may need biochem one school may not yeah and so you want to plan that out because, again, you don't want to be left out in the end, like, yeah, missing exactly. a class. And most of it overlaps, like we said before. A lot of it overlaps. A lot of it is very, very similar requirements. And like I said before, if you're doing a science major, 99% of the stuff, it's already going to be in your schedule. The more of these recommended, quote-unquote, classes you take, the bigger your safety net is and the more uh, schools you, you have. can apply to. Yeah. And you, you, you might actually get, like, a, you have a better chance of getting into those schools if you do those recommended classes because it shows that you take initiative because it's not necessarily required on paper, but you're still doing it for them. I think the one thing we learned uh, out of scanning so many Reddit forms, so many STM, <laughs> like we're tr always trying to find an exact answer to things. Oh, should we take this course? Is this course better than this course? And just don't rely on that. Like take as many courses as you can and just know that you did your best in taking all the required courses, of course, and all the recommended courses you possibly can along with your major requirements. Yeah, I mean, end of the day, like don't like, tie yourself and yeah, like, don't kill yourself extremely like yeah like burn yourself out to the point where you can't even you know, don't have time to go for a walk outside you know yeah go for the recommended courses as many as possible most of it will probably be in your curriculum anyways but you know there's also safety nets and all sorts of things that you can do if you can't if you want to do more and you don't have time like postbacks which we'll talk about like uh, in another episode but yeah i mean just try as many as possible knock those required ones out of the way do as many recommendations as you can it's kind of like what we talked about last time about the honors program why not you know why yeah, not just do yeah. it and you know this isn't to say like oh you didn't you didn't do genetics yeah you're not getting into my med school like you can still get in without the recommended but like yeah you want to show yourself that look better than yeah everyone yeah, you else you want to know? do your best to stand out ever so slightly whether it's taking an extra class whether you know, like for another example that we want to get into, uh, specifically, especially when it's about recommended, it's like doing clinical hours or volunteering hours. Look, it's recommended, but that also is a situation where it's like, you should do it. It's yeah. almost basically like a hidden requirement, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, they don't say do it, you have to do it, but you should you do have it. You to have it. to stand your, you have to stand out some way. So what, like I said before, whether you want to take that extra class, the genetic course, the physiology course or whatever... Um, do that, you know, you, clinical hours goes into that, volunteering goes into that. But, I mean, 
like we all had i mean these three guys are doing anthropology majors and they all each of them have enough time to fit into their schedule and me i'm doing neuroscience so you you will have time in the day. Wait, wait, Ra- Rafi, sorry to interrupt you. Did you just say three anthropology majors? You guys are three anthropology majors doing pre-med? <laughs> what? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, why, why did we choose anthropology? You know, uh, I think a lot of people are under the misconception, like probably not now, but back in the day. A lot of people maybe now still think like... Still oh, now, dude, yeah, still now. A lot of people still think, I just was having a conversation with someone. They were like, what major are you? I'm like, I'm anthro. And he's like, what do you want to do? Um, hopefully medical school. That's the end goal. He's all like... All right. He was like so confused. Like He's like, how are you going to get in? You're in anthropology? That doesn't make sense. You're not bio? You, you can be a music major and get yeah. into med school as long yep. as you do the prereqs. You yep. can be the greatest English writer and still get into med school with an English major. Quick statistic for you guys, only 58% of um, matriculants that get into med school are from biological sciences. So Everybody where's that other 42% coming from, from? all sorts of majors, whether it's art, music, anthropology. Social science, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Nora, why did you choose anthropology? Well, um, to me, anthropology is just kind of like a really broad field that you can explore anything that you might have a potential interest in. Like, if you really like archaeology, you can focus in archaeology if you if you want to <laughs> lean in towards the medical side you can do biological anthropology it's not necessarily the same thing as a bio class but you're at least in the same realm there's just a bunch of options you can take while also doing the same classes that every other bio student who's trying to get into med school is doing you kill two birds with one stone by not only getting rid of your uh, prereqs and all the things you need to do to get into med school but you're also finding your own interest and kind of exploring college because you know you yeah. still want to live your life a little bit and like see what you're actually interested in and you know like just, you can just figure it out by taking all these different types of courses yeah i mean anthropology for we got into anthropology the bs for ucla and all those requirements that we needed guess what they were all the pre-med requirements that we needed we had to take two a year of ochem we had to take a year of bio we had to take a year of physics we had to take what else a year of calc a year yeah, of calc exactly year of calc. we needed statistics and and sd made for for bs anthropology they made yeah. us do calc three yeah. it's, it's insane guess who didn't do calc three because that's too hard <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the flip side though rafi why did you choose to do neuroscience so actually the interesting about uh, uci is when you whenever you apply um, you could select neuroscience, you could select biology, you could select whatever. But if it's in the realm of biology, once you get in, you're a biology major. That's it. So you start off as a bioscience major. That's Even if you applied and got in with neurology, you start off as bioscience. After a year of going, um, the spring, your I think it's your first spring semester. So you get into fall. Once you get to the spring semester, which is almost like after a year, so a little bit less, like three quarters of your time there. So for me, it's going to be my upcoming semester. That'll be the first quarter, sorry, it's not semester, quarter. It'll be the first quarter that I'm officially neuroscience. So after that time, you take a certain amount of classes and uh, you take a certain neuroscience prereqs. And once you take the last prereq, for which for me is my neurobio class, it's like neurobio 110 or something, then officially you become a neuroscience major. But why? It's the same region, the reason. I mean, I, I like biology a lot. Uh, I like biological sciences overall. But, you know, specifically, I was always interested in the brain. I really think that it's going to be a huge part or there's a lot of room for understanding, a lot of room where, you know, research is required and it's just really interesting to me. It's like a, it's like the puzzle that 
really completes this, and we still don't know a lot about it. So that's why it's decided to do neuroscience. It's also kind of makes you stand out a little bit more than the other bioscience majors. But um, yeah, it might be seem a little scary and like hard, but really it's it's very similar. You still take all the same bioscience classes, and end of the day, you just add on a couple of neuro classes, and you're there. All this is to just go uh, to say that if you plan everything accordingly, you can do a major that you're actually interested in. But it, you got to be careful because if those if that major that you chose has a bunch of requirements that aren't required for med school, you kind of have to prepare yourself that you're going to be doing more classes than the average med, pre-med student because of the misalignment between the prereqs and the classes that you need for your major. Yeah, not to mean you shouldn't. You can If you like art, go for it. Do it, you know. But definitely you have to realize you're going to have to take some extra classes that are not going to fall under the realm of art. You're going to take a lot of bio classes that aren't going to be part of your regular curriculum but it's definitely doable end of the day you have to do whatever you like to do if you like art but you really like want to get into medical school too do art if you find it interesting do it yeah and if if you plan out your schedule like you're gonna have time for those pre-med classes i know like even though we kind of got lucky with our community to where our pre-med requirements and our undergraduate transfer requirements were similar yeah we still we have as an anthropology major we have a little bit less of um units to fulfill compared to a science major so that gave us a lot of time to complete those recommended classes that we needed like we can fit a genetics class every quarter or a physiology class in, in another quarter an anatomy class in another quarter a biochem class we have space for that other classes while completing our main major requirements and there you go so So, yeah that's like the plus of both sides so if you're worried about let me do a i guess you could call it a non-traditional major you know you're most likely going to have time anyways in your schedule to fit it in like all the the extra class you need to take or if you do it the other aspect of it if you're doing a biology major it's going to be part of your curriculum anyways so like for me uh genetics so at uci you take bio after you transfer, it's like 97, 98, 99, and 100. The, those are the core classes. Uh, 97 was genetics. 98 is biochemistry. 99 is molecular biology. So it's like it's already part of the curriculum, even if I'm, you're doing neuroscience or whatever. And then on top of that, you're going to have to take upper division electives to graduate, which you're going to have time in your schedule to do because you need it to graduate. And guess what those upper division electives are? Stuff like anatomy, stuff like physiology, which I like. I did physiology for my first quarter, so it's set up for success. You're gonna have time. You're gonna have space in your schedule to do it. And if you're a non-traditional major, don't feel like you're gonna be put at a disadvantage once you get into medical school compared to all the other science majors, because those first two years of medical school are going to be similar content that the science majors had but it's not like they're going to have a upper hand advantage yeah they might be more familiar with the concepts but you're going over it anyway so you're going to be learning it either way yeah just and, know that there's no bias basically I, I think the one thing we grew up with especially with all of our peers is there's a certain bias oh med schools want biology major oh they want these majors like physical science majors yeah, that's all bullshit yeah <laughs> So besides classes, what do you guys think uh, uh, any student should do to make themselves look more appealing to med schools when they're applying? And that, that's the thing. Um, when you are a non-traditional major, those recommended classes are important because your science major 
it's 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 an important thing and if you have less prereqs then you can't get it done you know what i mean i think to add on to what noah was saying he was trying to uh, say like what else what else should we incorporate and so um the other side of the topic we have is still we still have clinicals non-clinicals yeah. volunteering and we also have research these other three aspects are really important in terms of your application there's no one thing we learned when we were researching all of these topics was there's no specific hours and i think a lot of people will beat themselves up looking on forms well, how many research hours do i need how many clinical hours yeah and i think there's just specific standards that some people should hold themselves to these are our own numbers that we think and so on average based on all of the research we've done between clinical and non-clinical hours, one, 100 to 150 is the average applicant, and anything over 300 is exceptional. I, I, I think we're all, as a group, striving for over 300 or more. Yeah. You, you would stand out. You'd be a great applicant. Just as, a, sorry, just a quick question. So this is for volunteering? This is for volunteering and clinical hours. So uh, what would be like some like examples of doing like clinical work versus non-clinical? So clinical work would be any any way you interact and deal with patients. Yeah. And that's where it comes down to. There's a lot of gray areas with that, especially with COVID. Now we have COVID screeners. Yeah. But you just have to you have to be able to find the answer if it's clinical or not. You can search on these forms, you can ask someone. Yeah. But the the way it boils down to is is is, is this person interacting with patients is this person in the hospital yeah I, that's what it comes down to it's not going to be like a section that's like hey uh what are your clinical hours versus what are your non no, it's like you know talk about your volunteering experience exactly. talk about clinical experiences now it's your choice what to include what to not include i guess mm -hmm. the main thing is if you're interacting with patients and people like that and overall it would be clinical right yeah and what would be uh, personally i don't know if i've done i, I haven't done like non-clinical really uh, what would be some examples non-clinical would be any type of volunteering you volunteer at a church you volunteer yeah. at any well for example what we're doing we volunteer at children's hunger fund yeah. where we pack meals for people yeah any sort of volunteering i would recommend something that i'm waiting for to open back up is the animal shelter i yeah. really love animals might as well volunteer where you like you <laughs> yeah, know do, like do something yeah. you like at the yeah. end of the day because you're gonna be doing it for 300 hours so yeah <laughs> and look uh, what i've noticed like for me as i mentioned before my my i guess clinical hours for volunteering would be when i w was at the er at the valley presbyterian hospital my, most hospitals when you uh, wonder, uh, when you apply to volunteer, it's like a minimum 200-hour requirement anyways. So the moment you apply, they kind of make you sign like, hey, look, like you're signing up for 200 hours. So you can, it's not like they kick you out once you hit 200 hours, but you can stay longer and do whatever. But definitely, like, I wouldn't worry about like, oh, am I going to be able to meet the time? Am I going to be able to meet this? If you start early, you find a volunteer position. And by the way, everybody loves volunteers. Yeah. I mean, come on, <laughs> free work, right? But um. Yeah, I mean, you're basically signing yourself up for a minimum 200 hours right there. And you can even do multiple places at once if you really want to. I think one thing we're going to get into big on one of the next episodes is exactly what we've done. I know we've laid a lot of coursework, hours, certain things you have to do. Yeah. And we can just give you our journey, except for the MCAT. We haven't hit that yet, but <laughs> when we figure it out, we'll, we got you guys. We got you guys. Yeah, for sure. And... As we mentioned before, the besides just volunteering hours would be stuff that, uh, like... Um, but before we get to that, I think um, one thing I want to say is 300 hours may seem like a lot, but at the end of the day, like, say clinical hours, one option that we're doing is being an EMT, and you're already working, like, 
30 hours, 40 hours a week almost, you can. So 30 hours for one month, that's four weeks times 30. That's already 120 hours in one month you're working. Yeah. So that's already 120 hours of clinicals right there. So I may seem like a lot right now, but when you actually start and you do it early, it's it's not going to be a lot. You can get it done really quick. You have four years of yeah. undergrad. Yeah. Start early. Start when you're a freshman, sophomore. Get those clinical hours under. And don't wait till you'll... It's like junior year, so senior year, you know Yeah, what I mean? and then you're like, oh, shoot, I have to do volunteering Then hours. 300 hours is a lot because yeah. you've got like six months left. And you have hard classes. Yeah, that too. I think you guys surfacely touched on a really important aspect. And don't only focus on the number. I think one thing a lot of applicants forget is med schools can tell, oh, they did, they did this until this and did their coursework until this. They started all their volunteering hours last minute. They started all these last minute. Yeah. That makes your application look bad. Another thing, you can hit the number and quit. Like, like we're doing EMT. We could, if we wanted to hit the exact number, we could hit 300 hours and, and quit, quit within a couple months. Like, all right, I'm done. I hit my 300. I think... Yeah. What I'm trying to say is basically if you don't have a long-term commitment, especially through these organizations, even if you do 200 hours over the course of four years, yeah. it shows a long-term commitment and that's, that's also meaningful. important. Yeah. And that goes to say that definitely means if you're, if you're you know, kind of late on it, yeah, you shouldn't do it at all and give up. No, do it. You just have to ramp it up a little bit more than somebody who started on, you know, their first year of college. Like, for example... You do um, at Valley Presbyterian. It was four hours weekly on from you Sundays. What is four hours out of your day? Four hours for a year every week. What is that? Fifty-two weeks in a year, mm. right? That's two hundred and eight so. hours right there. That's exactly the same amount. I yeah. just got I just got a Kaiser gig. Shout out Kaiser for that volunteering <laughs> gig. But it's exactly the same uh, four hours. You have to do a commitment. Mm -hmm. um other than that we actually forgot one aspect but research research is also big on your application yeah Again, it's that's another recommended but like it's a, it's a hidden point, requirement you got yeah. to yeah definitely I, I know it's a little bit it's not a little bit it's a lot harder especially during covid to find an opportunity because uh most labs are either closed because of covid or you know they're not accepting any more applicants because they have they hit like a limit you know like we could have like one or two under, undergraduates for this lab for example i don't know the number but yeah, like I, I started my own research this year. Not my own, but I started f finding research this year. And we'll get more in detail, as Prem said, about specifics about exactly what I do and everything. But mm -hmm. um, a lot of clinical research is open because it's not like hospitals are just done. You know, COVID, oh, we're all done. Let's go. No, there's still clinical research going on. Yes, there's a lot of lab research. Like, you know, when you deal with mice and stuff, you know, a lot of it has stopped temporarily. It's over Zoom. But almost like all clinical labs that I've seen are still doing active research. And How'd you get that research position though? So yeah, so I'll go exactly, I'll go much more in depth about it. Just give a little Yeah, but in summary, literally email everyone. Email. I emailed like 20 research, uh, prof professors are doing research, like 20 or 25. Um, I personalized the email. Uh, it's kind of like, geared towards each professor and it's not that hard you just have to look at what they do you know look at some papers they wrote yeah you don't want to go super super in depth and kiss ass and make it look obvious like oh you know this guy's just trying to like you know like uh, ramp up my ego i mean you could try but you know these people are busy they don't want to go and read a freaking five page essay you know of an email you want to just make it quick short sweet and simple who are you what do you want to do why oh why did why this lab simple as that and, you know, to be honest, 90% of them won't even reply. 
Some might even say no. Sorry, we're not taking applicants, which is what happened. You just need one yes. Just one. Only one has to work. So even if it's a 1 in 50 chance of getting a yes, then email 50 people. You know, it's not that hard. It took me one day to find my research opportunity. Literally one day. When I sat down and I wrote a bunch of emails, one day, like four hours, five hours of my time, and that's it. And I'll get into details exactly what I wrote and what kind of research I do. But yeah, it's a clinical, in summary, it's a clinical research about prostate cancer surgery. And Ooh la la! <laughs> and yeah, that, and that for that, yeah, fancy. and getting it for that, it's uh, I'm since it also counts for uh, units at UCI. So also technically, I got it to count as a class under Bio 199, which is something you could do. But yeah, that's for me since I'm doing five units. That's what 20 hours a week, 15 to 20 hours a week. So about like four to five hours a day. There you go. You're gonna knock out that research recommended slash requirement. You know, and like a couple quarters but still again like prem said it's really about the long-term commitment not only for med school but for your own personal experience when you get to really work with people in the field that have the expertise and experience and really get to connect and bond with them and make meaningful connections that might be long-lasting that you know you never know right it's it's not about the number at that point it's really just about the experience but yeah i think overall that'll be today's episode uh in summary we basically talked about the exact prereqs and recommended uh those and there was even the requirements they needed to get into medical school we kind of touched about the specific majors that we're each doing and also about you know clinical hours about you know volunteering non-clinical hours both ways and a little tip or two about research but overall guys we're going to dive specifically in depth about each of these topics in further episodes and uh thank you guys for tuning in peace peace out